And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dr. A. Truat filling in. I, I'm, uh, I'm supposing I had no idea I was doing this by myself, but that's okay. I'm here. Uh, April Renee is, uh, um, hope she's okay. I talked to her briefly this morning and I uh, wanted to know for the, the topic of the show. So, so yes, she's probably uh, got some more, some more <laughs> dental work being done or, or some follow-up work. She's had had some massive good news coming into her life as far as cleaning out oral toxins. We've done a lot of, of uh, explanations uh, last week's show, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we're just happy to be on the show tonight. This, again, is I'm filling in for Vaccine Information Coalition, the VIC Fellowship. And, again, uh, those of you that, are, that have tuned in to April Renee's uh, broadcast before knows exactly what it's all about. Folks, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of of a wake-up call, if you will, a, a dose of reality for what it's worth, okay? The importance of alternative radio, in my opinion, that's uh, not so much controlled by the power brokers of the mainstream media, is to give a counterbalancing to all of the, the incredible rhetoric coming out and my goodness, uh, you just have to—you have to be kind of brain dead not to see that that the COVID pandemic is somehow taking a back seat to this—the fear mongering of oh my goodness, look at the war, World War Three on our doorstep. They've constricted the the oil supply of the world. We've got to jack the pricing prices up of of gasoline across the country, and of course. People are are seeing that in a very very real way. First, we had you know last last year and in 2020, the effects of the lockdowns. Right, remember that two weeks to flatten the curve kind of went into two years, and so we have all that uh, official rhetoric now becoming debunked. I think it's highly suspicious. We want to call it that. I. I kind of jokingly said this about six months ago, so ago, and on my story behind the story radio broadcast, I was asked, "When do you think this will shift focus?" I said, "Well, when the people become irate enough to maybe storm the Capitol, as what happened in in Ottawa with the truckers' convoy." Uh, suddenly, all of the mandates were restricted, released from the mask mandates to the to the forced jab, and, in, and you know it's happening in a, in America too with the uh, truckers' convoy, kind of imitating what has happening happening up in Canada. But it's interesting. I said also maybe when the official death count reaches six million, there's something magical in that six million official number for what it's worth. Cause I see who's, who's really behind the mainstream media. I re- I see who's really behind the world economic forum, the Klaus Schwab's and the Dr. Harari, uh, Dr. Noah Harari. Yeah. I know who's behind really the entire great reset as they call it. I've been following this for many, actually many years. So I just jokingly said, well, when it hits $6 million, there'll probably be something else to focus on, and they'll just kind of go to the, to the next crisis. Well, it's funny. About the same time in the first of this month, March, when we see the Russian invasion, they're calling it that, the Russian aggression, as the mainstream media calls it, to Ukraine, we see uh, corresponding headlines, 6 million dead uh, in the pandemic. 6 million have been killed worldwide, and suddenly the focus shifts to the Russian offensive, as they're calling it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can, you're free to believe whatever you want to believe, but it's really important you get a handle on, what's, on how you're being manipulated. I talk to people myself across the country, and they're all saying, well, we thought that we had a problem with the, with the COVID. Well, no, we've got much bigger problems facing us right now. And suddenly the, the fear 
of COVID has been replaced by a bigger fear, a bigger fear of the Russian bear coming and, and releasing nukes on the world and a, and a high-level electromagnetic burst shutting down the entire power grid of the United States and Canada. I'm hearing that all over, and, and people like Alex Jones and others, you know, they're making that, beating that fear drum so very well. I just got to say, take a dose of reality, ladies and gentlemen, and look at the facts. We've been told by the fact checkers, okay, this, there, is, there are no biological and chemical weapons laboratories in Ukraine. There is no, they're saying that. There's just, it's all, again, more conservative misinformation and disinformation. Well, not really. <laughs> so the official rhetoric was blasted. Senator Rubio in the, in the hearings actually Victoria Newland, Vicki Newland. If you don't know who she is, folks, you probably should look at her a little closer. She is the Undersecretary of State for Joseph Biden. On March 8th, Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland, in fact, testified under oath before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that indeed Russia was targeting. 23 specific biological weapons labs and factories in the Ukraine. The look of shock on Rubio's face was, wait a minute, how could this be? We were told that there wasn't any such factories. The official rhetoric coming out of the press corps, the mainstream media is deep trying to debunk that. So here's Victoria Newland admitting that there was, in fact, such. And so, to save face, Rubio redirected the, the question, telling Victoria Newland, or asking her, if there is a release of biological and chemical warfare on the Ukrainian people, it will come from Russia, right? And Ms. Newland Agreed. Of course. Of course. It's going to be all Russia. Russia's the scapegoat. Russia's the, the blame. Folks, do you see the problem in this whole thing? If you, if you don't understand it, the, the, this blows the whole propaganda really out the window. It should, in a way. The people that are, are, are watching this are not, aren't just listening to the mainstream media. Because, you see, all along the way, I mean... What has been coming out of Russia, Vladimir Putin's mouth from day one, the number one priority they felt of clear and present danger against Muscovites and Moscow and all of Russia from these biological weapons. That's why he said we are attacking. We don't want to. Our, our, our fight is not against the Ukrainian people. It's against the power stru structure that are building these biological weapons factories. Well, immediately the Western media said that's that's a fantasy, that's hogwash, that's just that's propaganda from Russia. It's not true. So here we have Vic, no less than the Undersecretary of State admitting under oath that yes, indeed there are these factories. But now she's afraid. She's telling the Senate committee simply, we're just afraid that they're now in the enemy's hands. Russia's hands, and he's going to use them against the people. Can't you see the the absolute twisting? How many Russian biological labs have been built with the funding of the United States and the deep state? I would say none, because Putin wouldn't allow, has not allowed it. Flat out has not allowed it. So we see in 
this whole kind of rhetoric, they've got to be careful about the lies that they're starting to put out now. Listen, the, the people in Don, Donbass, the, the, I, I've just got some video from the, the fighters in Donbass, these breakaway republics. I have received footage from them. They video footage, footage dating back from 2015 to the present day, 2022. How the Ukrainian government and these these sponsored uh, Azov neo-Nazi battalions have been waging war against these breakaway republics. In their limited fashion, they do what they can. They send out incendiary bombs. They shell them as they can. They're limited. But they've been attacking this. And this is part of Ukraine, you see. These are the separatists who don't really, they, they have loyalty to the Russian Federation. And so they've been attacked. It's been a civil war ongoing there, limited civil war, but still a civil war since 2014. Doesn't that see how that changes things? And evidence coming out from Donbass. These are Ukrainian people. These are not Russians. These are Ukrainians. Trying to explain the situation, they've been attacked with chemical and biological weaponry. They're testing them on the Donbass citizens. And then they find out evidence that new batteries of missiles being deployed in the, on the border of Poland and Ukraine to send them into the Russian cities. Of course this is concerning to Putin and the, and the leaders of Russia. Wouldn't wouldn't we be concerned in America if 24 high-level biological chemical chemistry labs were put into Cuba under a communist banner and then a delivery system to every major city in America was being installed? Would we not want to stop that and put a you know bomb these facilities? to protect American citizens? I would hope so. I would hope we have the right to protect ourselves. But see, the rhetoric is such that, no, it's not okay for, for Russia to do the same thing. It's not okay at all. Now, folks, just keep in mind, there's two sides to every story. I don't personally know... Um, Vladimir Putin, I don't claim to know him, but I do claim to know people in Donbass. I have communicated with some of them personally because I, in my business, I, I have been shipping product to them, my, my, my products. I have worldwide contacts in my business. One of, we had a quite a large account in the Ukraine and this Donbass region. I can tell you what I do know talking to them and naturopaths in that region. I'll tell you one thing I do know. They are devout Christians. They are Russian Orthodox Christians who believe in the Orthodox gospel, as they say it, which is basically Jesus, Yahshua, and him resurrected. And they, they don't even use Jesus, Jesus, the name. They refer to him as Yahshua. But it's kind of amazing. We had one discussion with, with this one fellow, his name's Russell, in the Ukraine. He says, oh, Dr. Ott, uh, you don't understand. You, you, don't, you, don't need to, you don't use the name Jesus. You really, I said, well, he, I, I basically told him, I said, I, I don't care what we call him. He doesn't care either, does he? He goes, well, in fact, he does. He, he look, overlooks it because his love is so, so everlasting and his mercy is so everlasting. He will overlook it for a while, but to really get a relationship with him, you've got to know, call him by his real name, and that is Yahshua. He was telling me this. I said, well... You're welcome. You know, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'm not discounting what you're saying, 
brother in East Coast talking. He had a remarkably uh, good uh, English accent. He was like talking to somebody in Michigan. He was, in fact, he was telling me he's was born in the Ukraine in Donbass, but he, to his parents, they they were. He spent much of the, much time in the United States and received his U.S. citizenship. So Russell, as, he, as, as I got to know him, he says, "I I have dual citizenship. I'm a I'm a citizen of, of Ukraine and I'm a citizen of of the United States." And, I, and he said, "So I I understand both cultures, but the Russian Orthodox faith," he explained to me, "comes from." the founding of the church back in the first century A.D. in the capital of Ukraine, which is one of the epicenters of Russian culture, in Kiev. The patron saint of Kiev, the Russian Orthodox Church, is none other than St. Andrew. Yes, the Apostle Andrew, the brother of Peter. I didn't understand the, the cultural heritage of of the Russian Orthodox faith, but Russell explained it to me, and I since he's exactly right, verified it, because you see, the Russian Orthodox and the Greek Orthodox claim their absolute patriarchal lineage going back to those two apostles. And like Andrew and Peter were brothers, in a real way, so are the Greek Orthodox and the Russian Orthodox patriarchs. They understand they have they have two different bodies and two different bodies of Christ, but they have basically the identical theology, and which is again Yahshua, Yahshua, crucified, resurrected, and that provides the escape hatch for all people that want to believe that. And it's, it's a simple faith. It's a simple gospel. I understand from Russell that the role of the, the Russian and, and Orthodox priests are simply, they're no, they don't sit there and take confessions like the Roman priests tell you to do. They don't have these confessional booths. The whole purpose of, according to Russell, of the priests of Russian Orthodoxy is to basically help you understand the gospel, the good news, as, as in the text, the original text coming back to the writings of the first apostles, the first teachers, which is simply to basically understand who Yahshua is, what his mission is, and to help people develop relationships with him. None of this, uh, you know penance and confessions and pedophile priests. You know, people are people, and, and there's problems with all fallen people. But according to, to Russell, no. The Russian Orthodox faith is what drives many of the, the Russian, they call themselves basically supporters of the Russian Orthodoxy. And so that makes them targets by the powers that be called the Azovs, these, these literal neo-Nazis that absolutely hate the name of Christianity. And according to Russell, that's exactly what's been going on here since 2014. But it became even more pronounced because the ability to attack Mother Russia became greatly expanded. So they talked to Russell about the pandemic, so-called he said it in Donbass, at least it doesn't exist. There's no forced max scheme. There's none of this. There's, and he says, <laughs> it's funny because at least in Donbass, we have no 5G radiation towers. There's no 5G radiation sickness. And I said, well, hmm, then why, why worry about these chemical weapons? He said, well, chemical weapons or a whole different thing as far as putting out bacterial aerosols, not viruses. Bacteria is what is, can be killing. 
And make no mistake, that's what's happening. I've, when I say it on this radio show, and I've said it many, many times, viruses are something that the body produces internally. Viruses are not contagious. Virology 101 shows that. You don't catch a common cold. You develop it as a house-cleaning me- mechanism to cleanse the body of toxins inside. But the bacterial attack, now, that's a whole different ball of wax. Bacteria can be spread. Bacteria are living, breathing organisms that can infect your, through your nose. And, you know, wearing masks are a good idea if you're fighting a bacterial agent. Bacteria is a problem. And especially if you put it in with a chemical structure. And so you see the, the, the rhetoric coming out. Well, let's see. We've hit 6 million worldwide. That's our target goal. Because a lot of those deaths are, are hyper-exaggerated. They died from other, of course, many other comorbidity factors. But 6 million is still the magic number, it's, it would seem. Because folks, I, when you talk about Ukraine, you have to understand historically what that country has been the epicenter of. It's been the epicenter. The border is what it literally means, because already means the borderland. It's been the home of the Khazaring people who adopted and came in a mass conversion in 800 BC, uh, 800 AD to the faith of Judaism. And the history is all there if you just care to look at it. The Khazarian nation under King Buttar adopted it as a buffer, a neutral buffer between the forces of Islam to the to the south through Turkey, Istanbul, the Byzantine Empire of the Turkish Caliphates versus the Christian kings of Europe. And so the Crusades were ongoing, the Crusaders, the armies had to go overland through that area known as Khazar, the King Buttar. It's that 200-mile strip of land between the Black Sea, the ocean, and the Ural Mountains. It's like, a, if you will, a funnel into the, so that the, Christian crusaders had to travel through to get to the Holy Land. Of course, some went by by ship through the Mediterranean, but overland armies had to go through Caesarea into that region. That's historically been the case. And why do you think this is so important for, for armies of all sorts? I mean, the battles waged by Napoleon's armies to conquer the world, to conquer Europe, uh, the, the big battles were right in the area of Ukraine, key key strategic area of of the entire world by these conquering armies, from Napoleon to uh, Adolf Hitler's forces. The Russian front was centered right there in the Ukraine. You break through Ukraine, you can actually control all of the Middle East, and even into China. Look at the gateway. It's a gateway. It's a key strategic point. The Russian forces, the Soviet forces, were able to repel the German forces and turn the tide of the war. Uh, The defeat of the Russian front was, was critical in defeating Germany and the Third Reich. It's a fact, folks. Look at the history of that, and you'll see that to be the case. So, where do we go with this information today in, in light of world events? Well, simply this, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm, I'm pre- busy preparing a, a scholarly paper on this very very topic. Who, who do we really wage war against? Are we going to call it war? Are we going to war according to the Donbass patriots? Absolutely. The world has been at war, but don't really know it. We're, the war is a biological world war. It's a biological effect. We're having microwaves beamed on us. These are, these are weapons of, 
of war. They're literally developed by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA. They understand what 5G and and the microwave radiation can do to people's bodies and their minds. Folks, the reality is this. Think about this just in terms of the United States of America. We turn back the clock um, to the last few months of, of Trump's presidency. We hear him speaking about Operation Warp Speed and the incredible work that his team had done to, to produce a vaccine in world record warp speed time. I want you to believe that this happened in just months. Folks, the demographics of that is insanely impossible. Let me be very frank with you. You have to consider... If he's looking at producing, as he bragged in his speech, a vaccine, actually two different shots, for 330 million Americans, every man, woman, and child, he said, needed to be vaccinated. 330 million times two? Yeah, 666. 66 million vaccine doses. Now, first of all, here's the reality. You have to produce enough serum to be put into the vaccine bottles, not to mention 660 million syringes. I'm in the nutritional supplement manufacturing business. I have been for 25 to 30 years. I know the demographics involved in bottling mineral supplements that are liquid in bottles. You have, it's an, if I had a, and I did have this uh, problem, if you want to call it a problem years ago, I received a huge order from a very large nutraceutical company. And I had to, ask and beg six weeks to fill it. Because first you have to supply not only the mineral product itself, but you have to get the, the bottling, the labeling, all of these things produced, and it takes time. And I'm talking about 5,000 bottles. If I were to get an order for 660 million I would have to do some incredible, incredible heavy-duty fast work to get it done quickly, especially if it's a brand-new product. So how do you do this, folks? It's, I'm telling you, demographically, it's an impossibility. You have to have it pre-planned and prepared. Now evidence is coming forth from people, again, in, in foot soldiers in the Ukraine themselves. That these facilities in the Ukraine were under contract with Big Pharma in the United States of America. It was outsourcing them. They were producing, mass producing in 2015, 2016, up to 2018. Mass producing liquid and shipping it to bottling facilities inside the United States of America. Could it possibly be? Do I know this for certain? Yeah, no, I don't. Am I speculating? Yes, I am. But doesn't it make sense that they would be producing the very vaccination substances that have gone into these bottling of these vials? In fact, how many of these facilities were actually manufacturing the end product for the four companies from AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. I submit to you, in spite of you know Trump's bragging, you just don't do that that quickly. 600 million doses? 
and that's just for America? Who's supplying Israel? Oh, who's supplying France and Canada? Oh, some some little vaccine manufacturing fairy that lives in a in a cave. Wake up, people! This is not something that just happened in twenty twenty, in twenty twenty one. It just is not feasible. We also find some interesting demographics as well. And from the Vaccine Information Coalition hotlines, we do know that one of the kind of neat things about, if there is a neat silver lining to the COVID pandemic, is because people quit going to schools, schools were shut down during 2020, and the health departments as a whole now were focusing on COVID being this catastrophic killer disease, childhood vaccinations were way, way down for a couple of reasons. Hmm. Not many, not much need for vaccines for kids that aren't going to school, first off. But secondly, the fact remains there weren't that many vaccines available somehow the vaccine supplies were shut down. Could it possibly be the same manufacturers of the childhood vaccines, the measles, mumps, rubella, MMR, and others were taken over by the mass production needs of the COVID jab, the so-called vaccine that's now designed primarily to change and alter your DNA through messenger RNA production. Could that possibly be linked? Or is, again, is Dr. Ott just fully full of, full of nonsense, full of beans? Folks, it's demographics. It's getting prepared. I, uh, I was just shocked that uh, the national mainstream media in October of 2001, okay, oh, my goodness, we had these horrific attacks against the World Trade Center by these uh, this terrible terrible plague in humanity Osama bin Laden holed up in some cave in Afghanistan so by October oh my goodness we have we're invading Afghanistan to to, to take out who Osama bin Laden in some hidden network of caves in the Afghan mountains Demographics, ladies and gentlemen. The M1 Abrams assault tank is a sophisticated piece of equipment. Okay, you need to be trained thoroughly in how to operate it. Just just can't go jump in and push a button and start firing shells. It's very sophisticated electronics and everything else. The so-called Northern Alliance, located in Kabul, Afghanistan, were somehow in October operating efficiently M1 Abrams tanks and other other military hardware in October, not six weeks after the September 11th event. And James Defense Weekly had actually reported a year earlier massive troop uh, massive armaments convoys into select areas of, of Afghanistan. A year earlier, M1 Abrams tanks, high sophisticated equipment, and Northern Alliance Afghan nationals being trained and how to operate them. A year earlier. See, people don't realize, oh my goodness, here's CNN footage and, and major news media footage of these M1 Abrams assault tanks going into position, all suddenly deployed like magic in Afghanistan. And non-U.S. military operating them. Jokes, this didn't make sense. Just as it doesn't make sense that we can have 660-plus million 
vials and shot syringes produced in, a, in Operation Warp Speed. Uh, Donald Trump, if you believe that yourself, you're a fool. Okay? American people, if you believe that, take that Kool-Aid and drink it. What can I say? I, I saw that happening, and my, I was saying on my radio show then, President Trump, Operation Warp Speed, something's not right here. You just cannot. There's just not enough production facilities to do it that quickly. And yet you brag about doing it like a miracle man, and that Biden has no idea he's in the dark. Um, the American people are in the dark, Mr. Trump. You kept them there. You want us to believe now that all of this problem is, is Biden's work? Uh, you're the one that kept ferret face Fauci in place, the lying ferret face man. You did this. You did it all, Mr. Trump. Congratulations. Pat, pat yourself on the back there in Key Largo, wherever you are. <clears throat> Folks, my advice to you is just quit listening to any of the mainstream media propaganda. I turn it on once in a while just for a chuckle and a laugh. I did it uh, during the height of the so-called pandemic in 2021. I just said, oh, my goodness, they just don't quit. All the numbers are dead, all of it going crazy. They have to. It's daily. It's multiple times daily. They never cease. And now we don't see anything happening. It's all about the, the horrors of the new war being waged, the war of aggression by the evil dictator, Vladimir Putin. On and on and on it goes now. Hmm. Not important to report now on all these millions of dead from this virus that's raging out of control. Kind of, isn't that just kind of coincidence? I mean, the COVID virus, I mean, miraculously cured us from seasonal flu deaths. Nobody's talking about seasonal flu and, and that. No, we don't need to worry about seasonal flu shots. Get your COVID shot. Now it seems, oh, we don't need to worry about COVID because we have a, a bigger danger. Uh, the, a bigger villain to worry about, that bear of Russia, and how it's going to affect the whole world. you got people like this Noah, this, this Dr. Noah, who, I'm going to tell you what, 60 minutes last year, 2021, in October 31st, it happens to be what's called, the same is called Sohain, or Halloween, folks. And they aired a 10, 60 minutes interview with Dr. Harari. Rhymes with Kirari, by the way. Dr. Harari is positioned by Anderson Cooper in his interview, 60 minutes. Now he's saying, oh, I'm going to save people by exposing all of this nonsense. They're positioning Dr. Harari as the Noah, the, save, the savior of people on the ark. When in fact, it's this guy who has been orchestrating all of the hacking of the brains through the technology that he's, he's, he's focusing on what's going on. And he's the, one of the brains behind it. He's the, the top advisor to Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. Oh, we, you don't want, we're not going to tell you that, Anderson Cooper and the boys in 60 Minutes. No, no. We won't. He's he's a great guy. He's got he got he's going to save us all by by warning us all. Mm-hmm. It's easy to warn you if you know exactly what the agenda is in Europe because it's your agenda. Incredible, incredible. When he talks about hacking humans, he talks about such things as. Homo Deus. Folks, that's man becoming deified and man becoming God. And he talks about 
those who do not subscribe to the new homo sapiens, the new homo deus, those who have not taken the shots, the jabs, to create the ultimate programmed human, the natural evolution, as he calls it. No, it's not natural selection. It's selection by them. The power broker elites by the artificial intelligence that they created and that they control. When I hear Dr. Harari say publicly that those who refuse to become advanced by means of taking the jabs, that these individuals will be eliminated, surely as the Neanderthals were eliminated, were excised from the pages of history. That's, that's, Genocide, folks, that is absolutely saying you don't subscribe to our plan, you're gone. We're going to kill you. We're going to take you out. That's the agenda of these sick people. And they are sick. Could it possibly be Mr. Harari, who's a flaming homosexual activist? And again, I've said this before, you want to practice homosexuality, you're free to do so. Not against the law. But it is in Russia, by the way. But, I mean, he, he, he's, he's actually saying, Harari's saying, oh, we have the technology now through hacking into the human brain. We can determine for you if you're homosexual or straight. We'll make that determination for you. And he made it in a public, public speech. He says, I came out homosexual and, and introduced my, my husband when I was 21. I wish I had done it when I was 14. Uh, Dr. Harari, how do you know you're even homosexual before you reach, reach puberty? Uh, excuse me, I, I don't quite get that. Is it even, is it being a homophobe to even ask that question? Could it be possible that the reason why he is, has such enmity between, uh, against Russia him and he, oh my goodness, I've, I've listened to way too much of this guy over the last four or five days is Dr. Noah Harara, Harari. One of the most, there's two bastions of what he calls homophobia that needs to be eliminated in the world. Russia under Vladimir Putin and the, the actual Republic of Iran. Iran, he says in his in his rhetoric, Iran needs to be bombed to the Stone Age along along with Russia for their hate of homopho- homo homosexuals. I gotta take a deep breath. Well, in other words, there's the same rhetoric. We will take out tyrants, he says. And his, letter, his rhetoric is tyrants are those <laughs> that feel differently than he does. He want, He's the tyrant. He's the one projecting. It would seem to me. I don't see Vladimir Putin say we'll bomb all, all of the epicenters of homosexuality. Uh, maybe he said that. I haven't heard him say it in public. But I have heard Dr. Harari say that. We want the rainbow flag flying over Iran and the rainbow flag flowing, flying over Moscow. Folks, if you're okay with that, I guess that's the way it has to be, huh? But here's the one thing I will leave you with. The history of the Khazar nation, Khazaria, which is what the word Ukraine is. It's it means the borderland. It's the same name as Kazaria, just in a different English form. Kazaria is Ukraine. You look at the history of their this people, this bloodline, if you want to call it that. You see that they were very active in the Middle East in 
the area between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, also known as Babylon. The Babylon arts of the Chaldean black magic, that's who these people are. It's documented by the conflicts they had back in the 4th B.C. Chinese. The Chinese fought these, these people. They were borderline. They were trying to advance into China, which is one of the reasons why the Great Wall was actually built, according to history, to keep away these, these people who had the banner. This is in the Chinese dialect. It's in the Chinese history books. They were fighting the people who had the banners calling themselves the name stealers. That's what the Chinese records call They called themselves the name stealers, 400 B.C. The name stealers? What was that about? That they're bragging. Their power comes from occult rites, satanically dark rituals, whereby they claim they won their victory by stealing the name. Stealing the name? What name could that be? Could that be what's going on in Babylon? Could that be a tie-in? Could it possibly be a tie-in to the biblical book of Jeremiah, where he warns Israel, he warns the people of the covenant, the true Shemites, the, the carriers of the sacred name, Name means Shem in Hebrew, ladies and gentlemen. Shem equals the name. And those that were under the name took the name on themselves were called Shemites, the original Semites. That's where the word comes from. Jeremiah talks about that you polluted the name. You changed the name. Who did? The agents of Baal, the failed false priests infiltrated Baal of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took them over and finished the name. Through the, the scrolls then where the sacred name was altered, was taken to change the name. That's historically accurate. It's biblical in the book of Jeremiah. 580 B.C. is when that happened. And here we have China in 400 B.C. They were fighting these name-stealers. That was their banner, their war banner. The term actually, the name they went under literally means in Chinese. They stole the name, the name stealers. Hmm. I'll leave it to you to draw conclusions on, on that, folks. But it's all coming together, I would submit, that the Bible promises us in the last days, there will be nothing hidden that will not be revealed. I submit to you that the revelations are coming. This is not a great reset as much as it is a great awakening. The truth is being revealed, and, and I'm actually going to declare to this as well that my friend Russell said in the Ukraine, the name is going to be proclaimed and glorified. The name, it is in fact going to be declared and, and proclaimed. Okay? Leave you with this. Following through on what Russell told me, I just to cut the uncovered fact, there was no J, hard J, in Hebrew at the time of Jeremiah. It was Yah-Yah-Ramiah. There was no J at all. There was no hard J in the Old English. The hard J was put out by Pope Leo of Rome, the Roman Catholic Catholic faith. The Pope made it part of the Latin lexicon by his order, putting a hard J, the letter J, into Latin and then into English. And it was the King Yams or King James Bible that put the hard J and substituted the sacred name from Yahshua to J, meaning the serpent god of Egypt, the Eye of Horus, the J, the serpent, 
and combining it with Zeus, the Roman name for God on Mount Olympus, Jesus. Now, my friend Russell, the, the Russian Orthodox, he didn't know any of that history because he's not really following the King James Bible. He's following his own Russian Orthodox Bible, which has the name intact, Yahshua. The name is Yah. So, I mean, we, we hear this in the so-called Hebrew Roots movement. We, you know, people are, are coming back to understanding this, but please, don't look at the hard J as being, we've, we've known about it since 1611 in King James Bible, but it doesn't mean that it was the original given birth name by the angel Gabriel to Mary. You shall call his name Yahshua, which is simply God that comes to save us. That's what Shua means. Yah is the God, is God. Shua saves you. The cry for help, the cry for salvation that's been, is being answered. And that's what the name means. That's what's in the name. Am I saying that the name of Jesus is a bad thing? Well, if you use it in ignorance, I submit that the love will shine through regardless, but not because of it. Doesn't it make more sense to use the correct original birth name given by the angel Gabriel to Mary? And that appears to be that name. Anyway, I'll leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen. We're running out of time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Again, the Vaccine Information Coalition website, vacinfo.org. You can read more about this, and you can actually tune in to archives of the show at Vac info.org, the little boy flexing his muscle. The archives are all there for you to listen to. Again, thank you for, um, if you were listening to this and find it interesting, you can get copies of this again at that website. Okay? Again, appreciate your time. Thanks for listening in. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with April Renee and uh, promoting her, her incredible work she's done for so many years.